Welcome kings and queens to another episode of the Sauceworthy Podcast. This is episode 7 titled Abandon Bitter for Better, The Recovery Process. I'm your host, Gold Chain Diva, and it is my joy to come to you all this week with a special message that will help you all get past and unpack some of the bitterness that you may be holding on to. First, before we jump into the topic, as always, follow me on social media at goldchain underscore 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 diva. And also follow the Sauceworthy Podcast Discussion Board on Facebook. That's where you will get all of the information first when new episodes drop and also get an opportunity to weigh in on the conversation. I know I was supposed to have an episode for you all last week, and I do apologize for not being on time with the podcast for those who are always ready and, you know, willing to listen to what I have to say. So I do apologize to you guys. Uh, But as you all know, you know, I do have a lot of different things that I do. I'm only one person, which is not an excuse. But I'm only one person, so sometimes my focus does get shifted in other ways. Um, So right now, just to let you all in on what's going on in my life, right now I have started recording Vicious Cycles Part 2, Complete the Cycle. If you have not viewed the first one, it is available on my YouTube channel. Just type in my name, Tara Arrington, T-E-A-R-R-A-A-R-R-I-N-G. T-O-N, and you will find my channel on YouTube. Once you find the channel, it'll be um, one of the latest videos that I dropped that says Vicious Cycles. Just click on that, give it a watch, um, and just let me know what you think in the comments of the video. But we have started production for part two, which I'm very excited about. Um, So that, you know, has shifted my focus a bit. And then also I have had the opportunity to produce a commercial slash promo video for a local real estate duo here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, So I also, you know, was just under crunch time and pressure to produce that for them and get that edited. Um, So again, I do apologize for not being on time with this content. But of course, God showed up in my life and showed out and gave me this topic of helping you all unpack your bitterness Um, I I think that, you know, this is a good topic for right now because um, a lot of people are bitter for a lot of reasons. Um, When we go through situations in life, you know, that are troublesome and, you know, kind of put pressure on us and just kind of help make us lose our smile and our joy about, you know, our zest for life and things like that. Um, a lot of times we look at those situations and we hold on to those in a negative way and we become bitter and we start resenting um, God or we res- resent you know, the situation resent people. Um, a lot of times we put up walls and defense mechanisms um, that just keep us from being able to be open and being able to transition into our next phases of life. Um, so I thought this would be a good topic just because, you know, is your bitterness holding you back? Um, a lot of times, you know, we hold on to things and, you know, we get stuck in a place and we don't know how to get out of it. As someone who has battled with bitterness, um, I will say, you know, 
bitterness has a way of putting a bad taste in our mouths about um, whatever it is that we're going through. Um, and it causes us to look at every situation the same with rose colored glasses um, and not really giving us the ability to process and deal with situations um, in the best way. Like I said on Facebook, um, I want to compare this to an iceberg. Um, you know, as we all know, you've seen a picture of an iceberg before. The only thing you can see from an iceberg is just the tippy top that peaks above the water, but you don't really get to see everything that is beneath the water. And sometimes the, you know, the mass of the iceberg is beneath the water. It's, it goes, you know, for miles beneath the water surface. And I think it's the same when it comes to our bitterness. I think that, you know, the things that make us bitter they go so far down within our core because we push them down a lot of times so that we can forget about them. And we only really ever get to see the remnants of what that circumstance or those series of events have done to us. For example, in my life, um, and I know it's been a reoccurring topic amongst a lot of different platforms right now. So I do want to touch on it just a tad. It's childhood trauma. I do believe a lot of us deal with, have dealt with traumatic situations in our childhood um, that have caused us to be bitter as adults and look at things a certain type of way. Um, and so just me personally, that is something that I have battled with, um, you know, very, you know, for a very long time. Um, and it really caused me to have to look inward and really heal that inner child within myself so that I can move forward and, you know, really process and deal with relationships in a healthy way. Once I learned and took the time and it really took for me to take inventory of the situations that happened in my life that caused me to be bitter. And when I really sat down and wrote those things down on a piece of paper, I spent time with myself in the present time. But then I also spent time with the inner me, the child that was still left in me that was afraid to move forward. And once I really had a conversation with that inner part of myself, you know, really telling myself, hey, you know, you weren't responsible for X, Y, and Z. You know, now you are an adult. You are in full control over how this situation plays out. You are in control of every circumstance that you put yourself in. And really, and I know it's cliche, but, you know, they say you get in what you put out. And so if you put good things in, you will get, get good things out. You know, your bitterness sometimes can keep you from being able to experience everything for what it is in the moment. You know, your bitterness sometimes, you know, can block your blessings, you know, so to speak. And even sometimes, you know, with that bitterness, a lot of the times we put ourselves in environments that foster our bitterness, meaning we put ourselves in friend groups or around people who, you know, they refuse to do better. And so because they refuse to do better and kind of pipe us up and hype us up, you know, that the quote unquote, you know, bitter way is the best way 
you know, we see it as a normal, you know, normalized situation. And, you know, we kind of also plateau and get stuck where we are because the people around us don't make it easy for us to move and grow either. So it's very, you know, important that you pay attention to the company that you keep around you and really do an inventory of those people around you and, you know, really say, hey, are these people keeping me at bay, keeping me where I'm hurting, keeping me where I'm bitter? Or are these people forcing me to deal with those, you know, those pains and traumas that I've had in my past and, you know, have unpopular and uncomfortable conversations and kind of propel me into my next level? You know, you know, they say misery loves company. So, I mean, you know, why would this be any different? If you're bitter, nine times out of 10, your circle is just as bitter as you are. And that's because, you know, you all have bonded over something that you have in common. And that's not uncommon. You know, a lot of the times we pick our friends based off of our struggles and our pains, you know, it's because pain recognizes pain. But we really have to challenge ourselves to push beyond our environment. And with that being said, you know, a lot of things that can deter us from leaving better behind is because, you know, when we start to elevate ourselves, a lot of the times the people that have known us and learned us a certain type of way, they start to say, oh, you changed. And a lot of the times, you know, we take that as a hit to our core because we feel like we sold out or whatever the case may be. But when you're when you're a person who is growing and becoming better, you should change. And if your circle is not praising you and creating an environment for you to change, you got to change your circle. I know that's easier said than done, but, you know, you have to be so committed to battling that bitterness that you don't worry about what other people think about your process and where you're going. You have to be so grounded and sure that no one can change your mind about your plan of execution to get out of the bitterness that you have. I think a big part of dealing with bitterness is not having a woe is me attitude. A lot of the times when we go through situations in life, especially if those situations happen back to back to back to back, and it just seems like we've been dealing with so much bad that we can't even find the good with a flashlight in the daytime. But, you know, the thing that we need to understand is that sometimes the things that we go through in life was necessary. It was necessary to pass through so many troubles because it builds character. Not every loss is a loss. Most losses, and I and I, I say I never take an L. I never take an L when and when it comes to a loss. I always learn a lesson because the situations that we go through, and I know it's gonna sound cliche, but you know, everything works together for your good. And if you believe that everything in your life happens for a reason, it will be easy for you to accept that when things are bad, because realistically, life is a series of 
unpredictable events. We can't predict what's going to happen from day to day. So some all days can't be great days. Some days it has to rain in order for things to grow. So we really have to come to terms with the fact that when life happens, because life will happen, how will we deal with it? Because we have to, instead of internalizing and holding on to so much, we got to learn to let it go. And that brings me to, you know, a quote unquote, some sort of parable that I would like to share with you all. Um, I don't have the scripture in front of me, but I was reading in the Bible the other day and it came, I came across the passage that was talking about, you know, um, they were on a ship. It, it was, I want to, I want to say it was the. I want to say it was the disciples, but I'm not 100% sure. But I will say it was a group of men that was on a boat. They were sailing to get to a certain destination. On this voyage that they were on, the waters got a little rough. It was a storm going on. And it was a point where they thought they weren't going to make it. And so because, you know, they thought they weren't going to make it, they had to take some of the cargo off of the ship to be able to stabilize it so that they would be able to, you know, bring the boat ashore without much damage. Now, what I thought was interesting about this, and sometimes as I'm reading the Bible, I do this a lot because just for my thirst of knowledge, you know, in general. Um, so I Google, you know, what instances because it doesn't really quite outright say in the Bible why they released the cargo. They just said they just, you know, got rid of a lot of cargo and was just saying that, you know, the boat, the boat might um, be unsalvageable. The cargo may be thrown overboard, but none of you will lose your lives. And that that was the that was the real point of, you know, the the story that I was reading. And so I was really curious. I'm like, okay, you know, in my mind, as a person who doesn't know much about sailing ships or anything like that, I was really wondering like, well, what, what, why would they have to take the cargo off of the ship? So I looked it up and, you know, there are actually terms for this. Um, in the, in the, in the instance that a vessel would be in danger of wrecking there are processes in place that has to do with the cargo being released from the ship and how it is recovered and if it is recovered at all so there's actually a term for this it's called jet sam and jet sam is basically the part of the ship's equipment or cargo that is thrown overboard to lighten the load in a storm. This is only done in an emergency to save the remaining cargo and the ship. And the way that the cargo is released is because it may not no it may not be needed any longer and it be it be it may be out of necessity. So it's no longer needed anymore. And I really want you all to kind of understand this as it pertains to your lives because, you know, think of yourself as a vessel or a boat and think of your bitterness as cargo. 
What are you holding on to that is no longer within necessity? Because if you don't know what it is that you're holding on that, you know, is no longer needed, you may be holding on to something that will cause your vessel to sink. So in order to make a smooth sail and really land this boat, you know, and bring this boat to shore, you're going to have to let go of some cargo. You're going to have to let go of some things that's no longer needed. So then, you know, I really got into the weeds about this topic, right? There's a lot of different steps to this. So the different kinds of shipwreck. The first one is called flotsam. And that's when they release cargo and the goods that float to the surface are what flotsam is, you know, considered to be. And this is only done as a result of an accident. So, you know, say the vessel was to hit an iceberg or something like that. It's like, you know, this is an emergency. We got to let these goods go immediately. Then you have what I just spoke about, which is jet sam. And that's any cargo that's intentionally discarded. So you, you know, mentally go, hey, I realize that there's a lot of bitterness that I'm holding on to is some things I need to let go. And, and this term is more so when the crew has decided that we are in great danger of sinking. We have to let some things go. Now there's another term called lagging. And that's goods that are cast overboard, but are heavy enough to sink. And so that they can never be found again. Then we have a final term called derelict. And that's goods that have sunk to the ocean floor. Um, And those items are relinquished willingly or forcefully. But its owner has abandoned those things with no hope of reclaiming. So I wanted to dig a little deeper into the definition and make this relatable for y'all. So the, the key point of all of these different ways to classify shipwreck really ties to the recovery process. So Flotsam, anybody can claim ownership of the cargo that has been thrown overboard. So, you know, this could be, for example, you know, you think about releasing your bitterness and then, you know, this could be the impact that the people around you have with kind of reinforcing that bitterness so you can't let it go. So they'll reclaim reclaim ownership of what you tried to let go and they'll control the narrative. Jet Sam... Jen Sam, the recovery process is basically tied, the ownership is tied to the vessel that released it. So essentially, if you let it go, it's still tied to you in some capacity because you plan to go back for it. 
Then if we look at legging, that's also a tactic that it's a real heavy weight that you desire to let go and you try to let it go. But it's so deep that it could spring up and be found again. And then when we think about the last one, derelict, this one is where I think that we should want to be in our recovery process. These goods have sunk into the bottom of the ocean floor. So meaning this bitterness has been let go and put way out of sight so that it can never be recovered again. We have to really get comfortable with digging deep, 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 deep down into ourselves to find these heavy burdens, these things that are really weighing us down and cast them so far away that we never think about getting those items, those things that make us bitter back into our lives again. They have no way of coming back and affecting our lives. So with that being said, there's a Latin term that is tied to derelict. Sine spe recuper ande. And that means without hope of recovery. So I want to encourage you all to dig deep down inside. Find that cargo. Find that thing that's on your vessel that's just weighing you down. And causing you to be at risk to sink and drown. And no longer be able to access the happiness that you you want to make it to. Find those things and cast it so far away that you have no hope of ever recovering it again. I hope that you all found some type of value in the message that I shared with you today. Because to be honest with you, I had no idea that it was a process in place for letting cargo go. So with that being said, if there is, you know, real life processes, you know, for vessels, like our shipping, you know, mechanisms that we use in real life to recover and release cargo to save the ship and to save the crew, wouldn't you want to release and save yourself? Think about it. If you have any thoughts, anything that you want to chime in, As far as this topic, please feel free to comment on a post in the Sauceworthy Discussion Board on Facebook, and I will be sure to address any questions or any thoughts that you may have on the next episode. Until then, please follow my blog at comic underscore sauce on Instagram to stay up on your latest news, gossip, and entertainment, as well as getting your daily dose of encouragement. I thank you all for listening this week and every other week, and I hope that you all are blessed. Thanks for tuning in and come back for more sauce.